Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 35. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? And when it was day, the magistrates sent the officers saying, Let those men go. And so the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent to let you, let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans, and have thrown us into prison, and now do they put us out secretly? No, indeed. Let them come themselves and get us out. And the officers told these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Romans. Then they came and pleaded with them and brought them out and asked them to depart from the city. And so they went out of the prison and entered the house of Lydia. And when they had seen the brethren, they encouraged them and departed. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Our gracious Father, I thank you so much for being our God and for loving us and giving us the opportunity to come here and to praise your holy name. Lord, I pray that you will open each heart, that you will guide us and direct us in a way that only you can. And in all of this, we'll give you the glory in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated. Please leave those Bibles open. You know, um, there's a push on today to end something that has gone on for years. Uh, in fact, it's probably gone on from the beginning of time, and I, I do believe that it's gone on from the beginning of time. And that's bullying. That bullying has happened all, all our lives, all the lives of people past. Have you ever been bullied? Have you ever been bullied? Have you ever been a bully? Do you remember that, uh, uh, I remember when I was growing up, um, it was if, if I came home and complained about, about someone bullying me in school, the answer was, go handle it. Go, go handle the situation. Do you remember the Christmas story? The one with, the only way that I always remember the Christmas story is, is, no, not the one in scripture, is the one where the dad gets that, that, woman's leg and he makes a lamp or it's a lamp do you remember do you remember that one do you remember little ralphie little ralphie was was running around trying to get away from that bully and 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 finally one day um ralphie uh, confronted the bully and he was out there and he and he and he tackled him and he knocked him down into the snow and and he sat on his chest and he bam 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 and and everybody's standing around going Oh my goodness gracious. And all the other people are going, hit him one more time for me, Ralphie. Come on, nail him. You know, and, and it was, 
It was your your typical bully situation. Um, it was that retaliation. I, I won't. <clears throat> my my sermons are recorded, and and they're put online, so I won't tell you. I'm not really going to tell you the day that I figured out that my brother wasn't going to bully me no more. And sorry, Steve, but I, you know it. <laughs> I thought I was gonna. I thought I was gonna knock his brains out on the floor. As I, boy, oh boy, but it it never happened again. Um, you know, we're trying to teach our kids not to be bullies. See, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to legislate children's interactions with other children. That's tough to do. That's very difficult to do, especially when our society lives on being bullies. We, we, it's, again, it is a situation where we say, hey kids, um, do as I say, not as I do. And, and I would have to say, or you, you might say, well, what are we talking about here? Uh, why, why is there bullying? You know, how does that normally start? It, ha- it happens sometimes when, when someone is weaker than you and, and you figure that you can pick on them to gain something between there. And it, usually what happens is it starts with name calling. We live with name calling. And I'm going to give you an example of something. And, and, and please don't take this as being something political. But you see, after all these years of presidents, we finally have a, a president in office who's black. And, and if, and if you don't agree with him, if you don't agree with his policies, you're a racist. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And he wouldn't even say that. Believe me, he would never say that, but the press would. You see, I also, there was times when I didn't agree with George Bush and some of his policies. What did that make me? Anti-Texan? I, I don't get it. But you see, we're trying to teach children not to bully. And, and where that starts is calling names. But yet, in society, that's all we do. We bully people. We, our media labels and our media bullies. Do you realize the church itself is being bullied? In today's society, the church itself is, is, is being bullied. The church, though, as, as we go through Acts, you can look at it and you can see where where there is persecution. Uh, the church has suffered persecution and bullying right from the very beginning. And, and Paul was certainly no stranger to, to bullying. Um, how many times did, did he have to duck rocks? How many times was he called names? How many times was he thrown out of town for, for preaching the word of God? For being or preaching something that might be offensive to somebody else. But yet that's what the church put up with. And, and this time, in, in this, these little five verses here, um, Paul, all of a sudden, it might be some that, that you might skip over in here. But this time, Paul gets to become Ralphie. He gets to be Ralphie. And he gets to fight back. And you know, if you remember last week when I was talking about how, how Paul and, and Silas, how they had, had um, um, 
commanded, this, this slave girl behind him, that she had a demon within her and she was a fortune teller. And Paul got tired of her coming up behind him all the time saying, you know, calling out their name saying, they have the salvation of the Lord. And, and he finally turned around and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And, and because he did that and because her owners lost the income that she was going to bring to them from being a fortune teller, they, they grabbed the two of them. Paul and Silas took them down to the magistrates and, and said, these guys are preaching something that is not good for the Roman citizens to hear. And so they tore their clothes off them, they beat them with rods, and they threw them into prison. And, and there they were laying on their backs with their feet in stocks in a prison. And the Lord sent an earthquake. And, and it, it loosened the stocks. And, and, and the doors were opened. And through it all, there was something good that happened in that in that the Philippian jailer was saved through that because the Philippian jailer was going to kill himself because he knew that everybody was going to escape from the prison. And as he drew his sword and was about to end his life, Paul said, hey, don't do that. We're all still here. We're here. And, and, the, and the Philippian jailer came in and he fell down before him and he said, what must I do to be saved? And the answer for last week, folks, was believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. You see, here's something that I want you to hear out of this. I want you to hear that what was meant for evil against Paul and against Silas, God meant for good. You can take that back, and in fact, that, that actually comes from out of out of Genesis, you know, with with. Joseph and his brothers selling him into slavery and and but but it was the start of God being able to use him use through through Joseph and, and the Jews going to Egypt and the beginning of the of the people of God's people. But what what his brothers meant for evil, God meant for good. And and that's what we're looking at today. You know, lives can be changed. And what the world looks at us and, and, and means as evil, God means it for good. And what, what the world or, or what the, the magistrates meant for evil against Paul and Silas, God meant for good. And, he, and something good actually happened through it. But you see, then the magistrates realize their mistake. And they, and they want to get Paul and Silas out of prison. And so they, they send word to the jailer and, and to say that, hey, Get those guys out of here. Get them, get them out. Get them out. And so the jailer, who's been saved, comes up to Paul and he says, Hey, uh, they have had a change of heart. You're able to go. Go in peace. And Paul says, No, uh-uh. We ain't going nowhere. In fact, they arrested us. Uh, big fanfare. They arrested us. They, they beat us. They threw us in jail, all of this, all openly, so everybody could see it. And now they want us to go away secretly? I don't think so. I kind of like it here. <laughs> you tell them, if they want us to leave, they're going to have to come. And they're going to have to tell us to go. And so that's what the jailer went back and told the magistrates. And, and, and it scared them to death because they finally realized that Paul was a Roman 
they finally figured out that, that because they needed to get him out of there because what they had done, they had done to a Roman citizen and you don't do and you don't treat a Roman citizen like they had just treated Paul and Silas. Man, they wanted them out of there so bad. And, and so they had to come and they had to release them publicly. And after they released them publicly and they said, please, just, just go. And Paul and Silas went, yeah, we'll leave. Sooner or later, we'll leave. And they went over to, to Lydia's house and, and checked with those that they had begun the church with. And they encouraged them, and, and then they left. You know, as many times as, as Paul has been thrown out of town, as many times as he's, as he's dodged stones, it's good to see Paul and Silas catch a break. It's good to see that they could they could finally become the Ralphie in all of this and, and to be able to win a, a situation. But you see, folks, when you proclaim Jesus, you're going to run into some problems. You're going to run into some problems. When you proclaim him, the attacks are going to come. And folks, you can look back at, at Paul as as the church has started and you can look at the attacks that he that he's endured in in the beginning and starting the churches because he's preaching the word of God. But I want you to, in your life, in the, in the life of Paul, he learned it, and in your life, that the world will mean something as evil towards you, but God will mean it for good. Times might get tough, but God will do something great because of it. And I want you to remember it in your life because persecution is going to come and it is going to be worse. And we sit back in the United States of America and we say, how could that possibly be? We're in the land of freedom and, and the church has the freedom and we're able to come here on Sundays and there's no problems and it's coming. It's coming. Remember when I told you that that the church was being persecuted? Um, there has been a church that's been in the news lately. And maybe you've heard about it, maybe you haven't. But, but there's a church in Dallas. It's called the First Baptist Church of Dallas. And they were going to have Tim Tebow come and speak on a Sunday uh, sometime. I don't know. And there was such a stir. It was, it was bad. Um, it, it got so bad that Tim Tebow finally said, "Hey, I'll we'll speak there some other day." And and what happened is that when when the news found out that that Tim was going to be speaking at this church, they said, "This church is anti-Semitic. They're anti-Mormon. They're anti-Muslim. They're anti any other group. They're anti-gay. They hate everybody." This is a church of hate. And Tim Tebow is going to go speak there. And I went, wow, something doesn't smell right. And so I checked it out. I checked it out. Do you know what they're teaching in that church? The gospel. They're preaching the gospel. Do you know why they're anti-Semitic? Because they believe that Jews need Jesus Christ. Do you want to know why they're anti-Mormon, which I might have left that one out, but they're anti-Mormon too. 
because they believe that the Mormons need Jesus Christ as Lord. They're, they're anti-Muslim because they believe the Muslims need Jesus Christ in their life. They're anti-gay? Well, that's, that's another subject altogether. They believe, and it's not a different subject, they believe that they need Jesus Christ. That is why they're a church that's full of hate. That's what the news media says. They think that people need Jesus. Folks, we think everybody needs Jesus. And if we don't think that, we're missing the boat. I'm going to tell you something. I stand with that church. We stand with that church. Because I believe everybody, I don't care who you are, you need Jesus Christ in your life. Scripture says in, in, four, in, in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There is no other way. I don't care what group you stand up with or, or they stand up and they say, we've got a book that says something different. They're wrong. There is one. One. It's called the Bible. And the Bible says we need Jesus Christ. And I won't back down from that. Folks, flip in your Bibles to Romans 1. Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. This is Paul. And through all the persecution that Paul's putting up with, all the persecution of, of preaching the gospel, of giving people Jesus, he writes this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone. Who believes for the Jew first and also the Greek? Folks, there it is. And he says, I'm not ashamed of it. We have churches today that, that will say, there's other ways of getting to heaven. They're lying. They're lying. There is no other way. And I'm not ashamed to say, I don't care who you are. You need Jesus Christ in your life. And here you got a church down in Dallas who's getting hammered because they're preaching the gospel and they're preaching that very word. We need more churches like that. We need more churches like that. And I'll tell you something, we need more churches like this. There is no man-written word that can take the place of Scripture. None. Nowhere. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. But I'll tell you this, in what happened down there in Dallas, what the world meant for evil against that church, God meant for good. He did. Because what happened? People stood up. People stood up and, and they proclaimed the word of God. They stood up in, in support of that church. They stood up in support of Jesus Christ. And they needed to do that. What are Christians? What, what has to happen for Christians to stand up for Christ? What does it take for a Christian to stand up for the gospel? How far 
did Jesus go for us? We have to stand up for him. What did he do for us? He stood up for us. He went to the cross. He paid that ultimate price. Goodness, I went over, but you 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 need to hear this, folks. Jesus, what he did for us, and all we got to do is stand up for him. We come to the table today to realize what Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us. He didn't, when, when, when he went to the cross, he didn't say, I don't, I don't think so. I don't believe so. He came to earth with the purpose of going to the cross and shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus didn't back down for us. Trinity can't back down for Jesus. He can't do that. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, in that upper room, he knew exactly what was coming. He knew exactly that he was going to the cross and what this was going to be like. And yet in that upper room with his disciples, he he took the bread, he gave thanks to the Father, he broke that bread, and he said, this is my body which is given for you. Eat this, and when you do, do this in remembrance of me. After the bread, he took the cup. And again, he gave thanks to the Father. And he said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink this. And when you do, do this in remembrance of me. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that, that you, not like so many of us, stood for us. That you came. And, and shed your blood for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, I just ask as we come to the table today that our eyes will be, will be open to who you are as our God and that we will have a resolve that will say, I will stand for Jesus Christ no matter what. Lord, may, be, may as we come to this table, these common elements, may they be the body and the blood of Christ for all of us who partake. And in this, we'll give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' most precious name. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart And we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.